0: Hello, I'm Rajini Vaidyanathan. There have been further Russian attacks on Ukrainian cities as Kyiv marks the second anniversary of President Putin's full-scale invasion. For a second night running, targets in the port city of Odessa have been hit, killing one person. Three others were seriously injured. The anniversary has been marked by a meeting of the UN Security Council, which was told by the Secretary-General that the conflict was an open wound at the heart of Europe. And in the last hour, the EU Commission Chief Ursula von der Leyen has praised the extraordinary resistance of the people of Ukraine as she arrived in Kyiv. She was travelling alongside the Prime Minister of Italy, seen here, as well as Canada and Belgium. Let's take you back to the scene live in Kyiv as the country marks the second anniversary of the conflict. Well, Vincent McAvenny has this report.
1: Two years on from the biggest attack on a European nation since the Second World War, the UK is marking the anniversary by reaffirming its commitment to Ukraine. The government has pledged an additional £245 million towards producing artillery shells for Ukraine and announced further sanctions on Russia. The Prime Minister stating Britain is prepared to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to help Ukraine achieve victory. Labor leader Sakir Starmer has also said President Vladimir Putin's cowardice and barbarity would not prevail. But it's faltering U.S. funding which is stalling Ukraine's efforts, something the Foreign Secretary is pushing at the U.N. in New York. Thank you. If we allow this brutal dictator in Europe to redraw boundaries by force, to invade other countries and to get away with it, no country will be safe. Uh, And we know from our history that if we allow that to happen, the cost when we eventually have to intervene and stop them is is, is so much greater. A $60 billion military aid package is currently being blocked in Congress by far-right Republicans. But President Biden is determined to continue
2: support. Remember, the United States pulled together a coalition of more than 50 nations, 50 nations to support Ukraine. We unified and expanded NATO. We can't walk away now. And that's what Putin is betting on. He's betting on we're gonna walk away. Thank
1: you so much for seeing us. I know how busy you are. Thank you so much.
2: President Zelensky
1: is expected to take part in a virtual meeting with G7 leaders later today. For much of the past two years, he's lobbied leaders, parliaments, and peoples around the world for their support. Whilst morale might now be faltering both at home and abroad for the president, it's clear the Ukrainian people, despite the destruction and loss of the past two years, aren't ready to give up their country. Vincent McIvinney, BBC News.
0: Well, I'm joined now by David Fisher, the head of the delegation for Ukraine at the International Federation of the Red Cross. Thanks for joining us here on BBC News. David, you're in Kiev at the moment. You have worked throughout this conflict. I want to begin by asking you where you see things for the humanitarian situation two years on.
2: Thank you for the opportunity. Um, The needs are still very high. This is still an an ongoing humanitarian emergency. Um, Almost half of Ukrainians are still in urgent need of of food, of of medical assistance, of employment support. There have been huge uh, mental health impacts, as you can imagine, from the constant threats of bombardment, um, mostly around the front but also elsewhere in the country, even here in Kyiv. Four out of five people report uh, some kind of of mental trauma Many people are affected um, even far from the front, front lines because of the impact on the economy and the overall um, to the displacement that has happened afterwards, um, including for basic health services. So we still see a very strong level of humanitarian need here in the country.
0: And David, how does this impact your teams who are working on this ongoing conflict as well? I mean, I was, I was uh, reading that you visited the team in Kharkiv recently. Just tell us more about that visit
2: sure yeah so we we visited uh, the team and their their small office so the windows are still boarded up uh, they told us you know in the early days you know, how frantic it was armored cars uh, rolling just in front bombs falling shrapnel coming into the windows their entire team sleeping on the floor of their operations center night after night um, two years on they're still working very very hard uh, they told me they're tired but they cannot be tired Um, They're there to help their communities. And we've seen this with uh, volunteers for the Ukraine Red Cross Society around the country, this real determination uh, to to help their communities to cope.
0: And what is the new normal for so many people in Ukraine? I mean, we now hear about everyone knowing where their shelter is, um, having to deal with strikes that still continue, even though in some ways global attention has dimmed on this.
2: That's certainly true. Um, people have found ways to, to cope. Um, some of them are good and some of them are not so good. Um, with constant aerated uh, sirens, uh, sometimes people run for shelter, sometimes they don't. Um, many children are still out of school. You, you know, This is years on because they had the same experience uh, after COVID, there's only a third of children who are back in school. Um, many people have now uh, run through their savings uh, this is true both for displaced people, um, but also people who are, 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 have fled the country and other parts of Europe. Um, and so even as in many ways the conflict has has become slower in its big changes, um, the individual emergency for many people is getting higher. Um, where can they get uh, employment? Where can they get uh, sort of essential essential support?
0: Okay, David Fisher, Head of Delegation for Ukraine from the IFRC. Thank you very much for joining us from Kyiv.